Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Welcome to episode two, From Inflammation to Inspiration. Today, we're talking to Julie Michelson. She's a National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, founder of Julie Michelson Coaching LLC, and creator of Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Julie Michelson is an international speaker and a National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach who specializes in inflammation and autoimmunity. She creates amazing transformation in the lives of her clients through her coaching business. Having gone through her own health struggles, she's excited to help clients skip the hardship of figuring it out on their own and start living joyful lives to true wellness. Julie works internationally with clients in her remote coaching business, Julie Michelson Coaching LLC. She has created Inspired Living with Autoimmunity to help guide clients in making the changes necessary to reduce inflammation and optimize healing. Hello, Julie. Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I love the work that you do, especially with functional medicine and nutrition, and I just can't wait to hear about your work. So tell us who you are and what you do and everything about you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Um, We found each other, I think, because of my journey with rheumatoid arthritis and Mm -hmm. My journey through illness into wellness, um, love played a really big part in that journey. And I now take my experience and help others every day turn their health around, as you mentioned, through functional medicine approach to health and wellness. Nice. So I love to ask people what their love lesson is. And the love lesson is essentially what in their life brought them to their brought you to your knees and essentially yes. made you reevaluate your whole life shift, pivot, change, transform, and then take that lesson to then share with others. Yes, absolutely. Um, And for me, my journey with rheumatoid arthritis was that love lesson. Um, I had a continual decline for over 10 years after diagnosis. I was in my 30s, so into my 40s. And I reached a point um, where my daughter had come to me and asked me not to die and leave them. And I didn't think I'd live to see 50. Um, So I was on my knees. (laughs) And I, even though I didn't know what I could do or if I could do anything, um, that moment was my pivotal point where I just promised I would try everything and anything. Um, Until then I had only been, you know, seeing a Western trained rheumatologist and taking medications. And that's all I really had tried. Um, And so for me, that was the huge turning point. And the better I felt, the more dedicated and determined I became to, you know, shout from the rooftops and get other people unstuck and Mm -hmm. and, share this idea that, oh, wait a minute, we actually can improve our health even when we have autoimmune issues. Okay. So what were some of the steps that you did to heal? 
For me, um, big, you know, piece number one uh, with which so many of us, I think, with autoimmunity is diet. Uh, I was mm -hmm. not very well educated. Um, and so finding the correct diet for me, removing foods I was sensitive to was huge. Um, but the other piece with diet that was so important for me was adding a sufficient amount of healthy fats back into my diet. I grew up on a low fat diet. I grew up in a heart disease family. And so um, my poor body was very deprived of healthy fats. And so that yeah. combination of, you know, taking out the things that I didn't know were a problem and adding the things that I didn't know I was missing um, was a huge first step in, you know, at least even getting well enough to clear my brain fog enough to start to learn, well, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the brain fog is huge because it really makes it hard to live when you're always living in this cloud. Yeah. I had a bit of brain fog in my 20s and it was exhausting. Yeah. I could tell that you were relating <laughs> from, per, you know, there's, there's something about once you've experienced it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really when you're when you start to feel that your body is against you almost, you have to kind of rework your whole life and your whole mindset, because I know I had to go through that. I was having chronic fatigue, brain fog, and I was just like, oh my God, my life is against me. And it really had, I really had to shift my mindset. And that's such an important piece. I think it, it, it's not only important, it's a required piece for healing. Mm -hmm. But so many of us that have experienced chronic illness do get to a point where it's only natural you feel like your body is against you and there's this kind of separation between like the life I want and the things my body's doing. And you're right, until we shift that, and I say, you know, we have to partner with our body and, yeah. you know, we can heal together, but it, it takes work. It takes active it work. It does, and I think it's important work. Otherwise, we're never gonna heal. And also, I think it's also it's important to empower yourself in terms of healing and taking the reins and doing the research, finding people like you to help them and knowing that there are options out there. It doesn't always have to be one way to heal. Absolutely. And that we can heal. I mean, the, the body is so incredible. It's designed, it really is, it's designed so well. It's designed to heal, right. um, but we just need to, to give it the right tools. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you created this beautiful community around the work that you do. So tell me how you work with your clients. Um, I work with clients internationally. So I love, um, you know, now everybody knows how to use Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For years, <laughs> having to train people. <laughs> Um, but I, I work either, you know, over video or um, I, I joke, you know, all my European clients love WhatsApp. You know, that seems mm -hmm. to be really popular over there. Uh, but we use, you know, all of these technological gifts that we have to connect. It doesn't matter where in the world we are. And uh, I work with people on, I had mentioned, you know, diet is usually one of the big pieces but we work with stress management and sleep and movement and detox, all of the pieces together because we are whole creatures. And so I take a holistic approach um, and I, I help everybody create their own. I have this framework, um, Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. I have a second program coming out 
which is called RA Done the Right Way. Oh, um, nice title. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's kind of you know, it's, it's, there's this, I say, you know, my, I call it a framework because we are all unique and individual. And, and while there are certain common things that drive our autoimmunity, you know, things like infections, food intolerances, toxicities, you know, different, it, it looks a little bit different in each of us. Um, so I've created these frameworks to help people you know, take the steps that they need to take. Um, but then I coach with people one-on-one -on -one because what that looks like in your life is going to be different than what it looks like in my life. And right. I know I have people that come to me that have never cooked a day in, in their lives. Well, I can't say, oh, do the autoimmune protocol. That'll help you. Like it just wouldn't work. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, there's a lot of how to, you know, well, how does mm -hmm. this look in your life? How do we make this sustainable? And how do we create my goal always is true lifelong lifestyle changes so that it just becomes easy and health is just with you as you travel the rest of your life. Beautiful. I love that. And do you also encourage your clients to take tests and different types of blood tests or urine tests analysis? It, yes. Um, it depends on you know, what they've already done and what they're coming in with. Um, again, because depending on what their underlying cause is, the lifestyle changes may or may not be enough to, depending on, you know, what's driving their illness. Um, so people, some people find me through their functional medicine doctors. Most of them already have had really good testing. Um, when they have a functional medicine provider, I, I will partner with that doctor you know, sometimes they have, you know, the basic, I say basic, they're extensive functional medicine panels. Um, but then if they're working with me and the needle's not moving enough, mm -hmm. that's when I have a conversation with the doctor and say, hey, I think we should look for A, B, and C. And actually within the next week, um, I will be able to order, people will be able to order tests through me directly oh, wow. to show that, which is, is really exciting because I do have people and even, even people in Europe that, you know, depending on where you live, it's sometimes hard. I have clients in New York, it's even harder than Europe <laughs> to it get functional medicine testing in New York. Um, and so just trying to make things accessible for people. Um, and again, we're looking for, there are certain, you know, micronutrient deficiencies and, and toxicity issues and infections that are really, really common with autoimmunity. And so to me, you know, if somebody has the, the means to get the testing done, it's a, it's a great shortcut. So we know exactly what we're dealing with. Right. Um, I'm curious because you've probably worked with thousands of people. Is there a common emotional thread that you can pinpoint with a lot of your clients or people in general that are going through autoimmune disorders? I, I think there, there are, I wouldn't say there's one, I think mm -hmm. there are a, a group of them. Um, and there's, a, there are a few authors that have incredible books out there that will actually, you know, show studies and pinpoint, you know, certain yeah. personality characteristics or emotionality connected to specific diseases. Um, most of us with autoimmunity are internalizers. We wow. carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. Um, and so I won't even bring it down to disease specific, but 
you know, people say, and, and so many of us with autoimmunity have thyroid issues and mm-hmm. you know, people say that that's, you know, from not using your voice, you know, not voicing your true self. Um, there's lots of theories out there. I will say this. I have worked with enough people at this point that I have had people arrive on my doorstep or my virtual doorstep with their diet completely dialed in. Mm-hmm. I have yet to have anybody show up with their stress management routine completely dialed in. Mm. And so that has become, and especially right now, um, it, it's just become, it's kind of, I, I always say, you know, I can't pick one. People say, well, what's the most important? Um, and I, I always kind of group the diet, stress management, and sleep together because right. to me they're equal. But I think stress management is moving its way to the top of the pyramid there because I have yet to f- find anyone who, you know, people show up white knuckled and they're like, I'm not stressed. And I'm like, are, are you sure your body knows that? Because <laughs> you seem a little stressed. Um, yeah. So, and I, I find even in my own <clears throat> practice, we just always need to be addressing it and making sure we're doing enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of people are always in that fight or flight mode and they don't even recognize what their body's feeling. And especially if you're in a lot of pain, this, that level of disassociation. So it's even hard to, it's even harder to tell when your body is stressed because you're not in your body because you don't want to be in pain. So I think it's a lot of the embodiment I think that's why movement's so important, like being able to get into your body to start to open up that conversation of what's happening and how you feel and where you feel it. And so it definitely is a journey of understanding stress and emotional wellness and all of that. Absolutely. And it requires, that goes back to what you said earlier, and you have to open that door of partnership with your body, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can, you're right, we, we shut down and as a protection um, and most of us are really good at normalizing whatever we feel, right. um, you know, oh, I'm getting older. I'm like, oh, don't say that. That's not, <laughs> doesn't mean you should be in pain. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we do have to be able to, to feel it. And, and, and all of us, anybody with chronic illness lives with chronic stress, period. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to met, meet anybody in general, who doesn't experience chronic stress just from the way we live today. True, true. It's a very, very, um, it's a hard society to live in. With all our modern whatevers, it's still pretty challenging on the mind. And I think it's because we don't have community, honestly. That's just my theory. There's not, we don't have the tribe of community, the clans, the togetherness, the neighborhood feeling of just knowing people around you that can help. I just feel like that's so important to have that level of support. I think humans are social beings and I think COVID has really shown us that we don't do well in isolation. We do well when we're together, we're working together, we care about our neighbors, we're helping everyone. Like, I think that's, I mean, I wish, I loved the the olden times where we were more in community, but then we didn't have sewer systems and you know, there were other problems. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't know why there's an either or, like why are we right. not still living with extended families and, and mm-hmm. doing, um, but you're right. I, I would say in that, you know, the, the isolation that people are feeling right now to me is the biggest health concern 
COVID presents. I agree. I agree. Area. Especially the people that were already alone. I yes. mean, they, you know, my friends that are single, like they're in their home, they're in their house by themselves. They don't have any touch, no hugs, no nothing. So it's very, it's daunting. I'm just curious on what's going to happen next year and the following years with people's mental health. It's just, yeah. It is, it is a grave concern. Um, and like I said, I think it, it's going to create a much more significant long-term health impact than the actual virus does. Sadly, mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah, and no one's really talking about that. And I mean, Zoom is not enough. I mean, it's great to be able to see people's faces, but it's also that energy. And I'm energy. so thankful we do have that. Um, right. You know, I live out in the country, <clears throat> out in the country in Colorado, and um, my mom had COVID at the end of March, and I was taking care of her, so I isolated mm -hmm. from everybody else, and and stayed pretty isolated for for quite some time. Um, I got sick as well. I. I my COVID experience was fine. It was the post-viral experience that was a, a bit rough, but it was interesting. It wasn't until May, it was Mother's Day. I have three adult children. Um, and my, at the time my boys were in Colorado, my daughter was not. And I was like, you are coming over and I'm hugging you. Like, I just, I can't, <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. time. And that did more for my health. I think a week later, I had friends over. Again, we were outside and still far away from each other. But what that, I could physically feel. It was mm -hmm. unbelievable. Just, and, and that was when it clicked for me. Like, this is really real. Mm -hmm. Like, this impact that everybody's going to be feeling is and I was on Zoom calls all day, so like you, I you know I'm seeing people, right. um, which again, thank goodness, because that is a step better than not. Mm -hmm. um, but there, yes, we are humans. We need touch. We need our like you said, our community, our people. Um, it's just so important. So I, I think you know, anybody listening to this, I, I urge you to find whatever it means for you, whatever your safe way of creating contact with people that you love, do it. Absolutely. And is your mom okay? She is. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, okay. she is. It took her about nine weeks and she's, yep, she's back to bugging me. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really the power of love. Like that's just love, like having love in your life, yes. hugs. I mean, that, I don't think people can thrive without love. They really can't. I mean, babies don't. I don't think humans do as adults either. I think it really is part of the fabric of our lives is having people that love you and that you love around you all the time. And hugs, kisses, yeah. comfort, someone to cry, cry with, you hold you. I mean, all those things are so important to make this life fruitful. And without it, it really makes life difficult and hard. I, I couldn't agree more. I, we actually had a family dinner on Monday night, my young, my youngest, my oldest turned 25. And, you know, my mom was cute. Because my mom lives. So I, I just so you know how on the same page with you, I am my mom, I'm looking at her house right now on the other oh, side wow. lives next door to me. We live on a big property together. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and so my kids were coming home to celebrate my son. And 
she had that moment of, well, do I come over? Do I not come over? You know, is it safe? Is it not safe? And, um, you know, I said, mom, only you can decide, you know, what you need mm -hmm. and what's the best for you. And, and she's cute. She said, well, you know, well, you, you work in healthcare, you know, what do you think? And, and we were joking because, you know, she knows, you know, the doctor I work with, we, we know how important, you know, touch and family and community yeah. are. Um, we also, the functional medicine approach is, is a little bit different as well. You know, we also take into account how the immune system works. And we're actually supposed to be getting exposed to things all the time right. to keep our immune system strong. Um, so uh, she ended up coming over and it was cute. You know, my daughter is attending college and so she didn't want to get too close to her um, mm -hmm. because she does come into contact with many people. And, you know, but by the, by the time we all were getting ready to, to wrap up, she, you know, they were hugging, you know. So. <laughs> Which again, I think is more beneficial for my mom's health than staying isolated, for sure. I yeah, I mean, just being cautious and mindful during those experiences, but absolutely, like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work otherwise. And I agree, like we do have to exercise our immune system. That's just. I, otherwise, the common cold is going to be the biggest killer next year. Right. <laughs> No, I mean, really, I, I kind of, I say it in jest, but not really. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Um, so, so we're, we're, but I'm, we're so blessed to live, you know, I, I live on 10 acres so we can, you know, we're so much less impacted than those living in the cities. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's a completely, you know, it's one of the things you and I have chatted about this. It's like, yeah. well, what's your experience been? Because depending on who you are and where you yeah. are, we're all having a different experience. Yes, I mean, that's my goal in life is to live on acres on property in the country because of these types of experiences where if the outside world goes crazy, at least you have your own little plot of land, it's quiet, you have your food. I mean, it's not, it's never gonna be perfect, but there's a certain level of inner peace that happens when you're in surrounded by nature, which I truly believe in. Absolutely, I am, I am truly, truly blessed. Mm -hmm. As a former New Yorker that lived in a tiny, tiny apartment with people up below, side to side, yeah. um, it, you know, it's, it's, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. It, it yeah. really does. And yeah, I, I feel, you know, my kids are all born in Miami. So I, <laughs> I understand the city living experience as well. Um, and, and some people thrive in that environment. This is, this is, I love to visit. I love New York in the fall. I can't mm -hmm. wait. I'm hoping next year I get to go to New York in the fall um, and then come home to my nature and quiet. And, <laughs> and for me, that's, that's where I resonate. Yeah. And in terms of the community that you're building, it's not, it's, is it specifically RA or do you also work with other people that have autoimmune? I work with all autoimmune um, conditions. I am just about to launch this RA specific program. Mm -hmm. um, but what I find is it, it really is, you know, what works for people with RA is the same as what works for people with fill in the blank, any right. other 
autoimmune illness, um, the approach is the same. It's the same. I mean, you can have you could have people with identical labs. I mean, you could take 10 people with RA and their labs are all gonna look different, mm -hmm. but then you could find people with the same labs and they might have five different autoimmune illnesses. It may just have manifested differently in their bodies, um, but the drivers right. are all the same. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm passionate about helping anybody who wants to take their power back, take their mm -hmm. power back. And even for those, I mean, I have a few clients that have well, some doctors say they have lupus. Other doctors say they have um, chronic illness, chronic fatigue syndrome. Like they don't have a diagnosis, so the doctors kind of stick them somewhere, like fibromyalgia. Right. And, right. But none of the symptoms, none of the illnesses really truly fit. They, it's just like they have a couple from each, but it's and it's just they just need to have a name. Um, and I, yeah, and I I tell people all the time like I don't you don't need a diagnosis like mm -hmm. it, like I don't care what you call it let's figure out what let's get to what's driving the inflammation it's all it all comes back to chronic inflammation and mm -hmm. systemic inflammation and so when we go after that the symptoms resolve some people are you know lucky enough unlucky enough to never get a label. Um, for me, you know, I thought it was such a blessing. I got diagnosed within a year, which is almost unheard of with autoimmune issues. It can take some people up to eight yeah. years to get diagnosed. Um, and I too, I, I, I have a, a daughter who is one of those that, you know, they've tried to just throw the, the two they like when they don't have a fit is the fibromyalgia and the chronic fatigue. Like mm -hmm. it's basically saying, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you're in pain you and you're tired. Here you go. <laughs> you know, wear this one and see how that hat feels. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's the same. If we get that inflammation down, we allow the body to heal and it doesn't really matter what you call it. Nice. Well, that gives people hope because I feel like a lot of people just want that diagnosis to justify everything they've gone through, like MS or whatever. And sometimes I'm just like, just let's find you someone that could help you, regardless of you know going to yes. doctor the doctor, like being yeah. open to other ways of healing. And and I totally I can completely resonate with with the people that want the diagnosis because unfortunately so many people with chronic illness are made to feel like it's all in their head. If the doctor can't figure out, you know, if you go to a Western trained doc and you get regular labs done, there's generally not a whole lot that's going to show in those labs that's going to point to what diagnosis you should have. Mm -hmm. um, and then they make you feel like you're crazy, right? Like, well, no, you're fine. Look, your labs are fine. But it's like, well, but no, I'm not fine. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do understand there's like a validation, mm -hmm. you know, with diagnosis, usually by the time people find one, it's it they've heard many times, they've been told by somebody in authority that they're fine, when they're not, they're not. Yeah, so but I'm with you. And that's, that's why I, I love having these conversations. Because, you know, if somebody's waking up tired, or they're telling themselves they're getting older, you know, they're, they're hurting because they're getting older or slowing down or the brain fog that you mentioned. Um, you don't like just, there are things you can do. You don't have to go to 10 doctors. We can just turn the 
inflammation off and your body can heal and you can, I feel younger now. And I, I did live to 50, by the way, I'm 51 now. <laughs> and I can tell you, I feel younger now than I felt when I was 38. I just, I do. So, nice. you know, I, I know the body can heal. That's so amazing. Cause I think people really need to listen and hear that as many times as humanly possible until they really start to believe that the body can heal and they can heal. It's just a matter of time, patience, and finding the right practitioner that works for you. And, you know, just falling into something that, that you believe in that also works for you. Yeah. There are so, so many, many approaches that work mm -hmm. that really, and I was one of those people who didn't believe, which is why I like to tell my story now, because <laughs> When I would hear a healing story when I was pretty early on in my illness, the story in my head was, well, either they didn't really have RA or they just weren't as sick as I am, you know, because mm -hmm. I've been told I can't heal and I can't heal. Um, and so that's why I love having these conversations so that the more people hear the healing stories and that there is, you know, my approach, I love, obviously, I believe in my approach. I love my approach. It's not the only approach that works. Mm -hmm. um, so I love what you said about, you know, find that practitioner that resonates with you because you have to buy in. You, you right. totally have to believe and feel like this is the approach that's going to work for you in order for it to do what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. So let's get into some infinite love questions. Yes. Okay. So how do you use love in your work? Well, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of the conversation because step one is this connection, helping people rebuild that connection to love themselves and love their bodies that they mm -hmm. feel betrayed by, right? Mm -hmm. So we're rebuilding that bridge and creating unity. <laughs> and it is, it is the more love we can show our body by doing the things Right. The more love our body shows us by starting to heal. Um, so it becomes this beautiful self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, so that's, for me, that was just, you know, on the front of my brain because we were just talking about <laughs> that. And it's so necessary. Um, and the other, the other thing that came up right away when you asked the question is one of the reasons why coaching works or at least the way I do it. Um, I'm, I'm originally trained to be a heart-centered coach. So nice. all of my coaching, yeah. So, which is funny, I haven't thought about that in a, in a while because <laughs> I have all these other trainings. So when I'm working with somebody, all of the work is heart-based. Mm -hmm. And be, because of that, it creates this safe vessel for people to, to heal. Most, as you know, we just touched on, um, there, there's betrayal by the body, there's betrayal by the doctor, there's all these lists of reasons why we start to shut down mm -hmm. and, and it, these conversations that we need to have in order to heal don't feel safe in a lot of places with a lot of people. Um, and so I use my heart space to create a safe space to allow people to go into their heart because that's where the answers are. Yeah. I don't hold the answers. I have a beautiful framework 
but all of us hold our own answers in our heart. And so mm -hmm. I create, we create this, co-create this environment where, you know, it's full of love, it's full of safety and people can actually dip into their heart and get their answers and, and heal from there. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. That's, and it's so powerful. It's helping people heal themselves. And I th I really feel like love is contagious because once you start to feel that way, you want to then spread it to the people around you and people are like, wow, you look like you're shifting, like what's happening. And then it just becomes this conversation of, um, of goodness that people start to spread. And that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I okay. think the more we, the more we time we spend in our heart space and yeah, the more we want to, and we start attracting the, the like people, right? That's right, right. that way. Absolutely. And how do you feel like your work is being used to uplift humanity? My hope is that um, fewer and fewer people will be in that place where I was, where they think they're really educated, <laughs> but they have no options. Um, because I did, I thought I was very well educated. Um, and so the more I literally, my mission in life, I, I would love to, yes, I love helping, you know, my, my clients, my individual clients, mm -hmm. um, but grander than that, I want to be somebody who makes the contribution of giving people the information that they can heal, however nice. they choose to do it. I just want them to know they can. Wonderful. And what does it mean for you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that that's what we're here for. I really genuinely believe, and I believe that that's why I'm not only still alive, but I'm, I'm well. I mean, I, I truly, it's not that I chose this mission. I mean, you know, I genuinely believe that's what I'm here to do. Um, and I've always, I've raised my children who are now all beautiful adults that, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it, there's no right way other than, you know, being that contribution. Beautiful. I, I mean, your pain became your mission. So just your health story became Absolutely. your mission. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you, what do you love most about your life currently? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the, the love in my life, the people in my life, um, and the fact, and I have such gratitude for the fact that I am able to fully participate now and be the mom I want to be and the partner I want to be, the daughter I want to be, because I have the energy to do it. Um, right. I, you know, those are the things I had lost pieces of that I've, I've reclaimed. Um, but the relationships in my life, and my clients, all, all of it uh, are just, it's the biggest gift. Nice. When do you feel you receive love? <laughs> um, genuinely, anytime I connect, like genuinely connect with people, I feel like there's that exchange. Um, so yeah, I, I, wow, how lucky am I? I mean, I feel like I'm receiving love all the time. <laughs> nice, because you're open to receive. There's also that too. Yes, and, and, and to be fair, for those that are listening that are like, what is she talking about? Um, it has taken active work to learn to receive for me. 
-hmm. And it's still, I'm, it's still in progress. I still work on it um, because I realize it's like the stress management. If I stop working on it, you know, I may start to close back up. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it, it, it does, it takes work and um, I love, I love that feeling. I, I, there's like no going back now. Like, you know, I want to stay in a place. <laughs> Why wouldn't I want to receive love? Yeah. Nice. When do you feel the most love? I'd say with my family. Okay. Yeah. I, I yep. <laughs> and where has love created a miracle in your life? Oh my gosh. There's so many. Um, see, you just brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> so, um, well, I'll go with the, I mean, there, the, you could go back to the original story about my daughter where, you know, her love for me kind of gave me the push I needed to heal. But the one that just came up is, you know, at 51, I am in a relationship with the love of my life. Oh, nice. And it ha it has truly been a miracle. <laughs> Um, and, and it is a result of all the work of opening up my heart, but I also, um, th between the illness and circumstance spent a long time, not, not being open, not being interested and, and alone, just working on myself and mm -hmm. getting ready to receive, um, without really the belief or the hope that I would, I am one of those people who would have that partner. Um, so for me, that is, it is for those that know me, they would call that a miracle. <laughs> my, my kids call it a miracle. So. Really? Well, yeah. isn't that interesting though? Cause I feel like older women that are divorced or widowed are kind of like my mom included. They're kind of like, we're done with the whole male story. They just yes. live their life. And I think it's wonderful to have worked through all that pain and everything that you need to go through to then be able to be open to fall in love again. Yes. Um, yeah, it is, like I said, it's, it's a grand surprise. <laughs> um, and it is, it is, it is a miracle, <laughs> especially because, um, you know, for years, so I haven't even dated in more in over 12 years. Um, and my friends would be like, you know, you have to date, like, how are you going to meet Mr. Right? If you know, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, and I ended up never having to, to date. It was, you know, a, a friendship that shifted that was just meant to be. So, um, I don't know. I, I too was one of those people who was, I was good on my own and now I'm even better not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that's such a, be that's beautiful. Cause I think that really shows how much work you're doing on yourself, but also what it means to be open and being heart-centered, like having the ability to heal, to forgive, and just to allow love to enter your life in multiple ways, like with your family. It's so great that you live so close to your mom and your kids. Like you seem very blessed with a lot of love in your life and I'm so happy for you. I thank you. I am very blessed with a lot of love and it just, again, for anybody who's listening that feels, you know, I wasn't for a long time. I was the isolated person um so it's never too late to open no. your heart and work yeah 
No, I mean, it's, I think that's, that's the beauty of love. It's never too late to love and to fall in yeah. love, no matter how old you are. Like you can always find something or someone or a situation that can up, uplift you and bring a certain Absolutely. level of happiness into your life. So that's great. Yeah. So how can people find you? Like what are ways that people can find you, work with you? Sure. Um, easiest way to connect with me is through my website, which is juliemichelson.com. And I joke, there's no A in Michelson. It's spelled wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can you know, even just book a, a chat with me right through the website and see you know, how we can connect and, and how I can help you. Um, I am on Facebook, Julie Michelson Coaching, Instagram, julie.michelson. LinkedIn, you know, just by my name, everywhere by my name. Um, and I am, I actually right now do have a couple of spots open for one-on-one -on -one clients. I don't take a lot of clients at once. Um, in January, I will be launching more of a self-guided program um, because I just, I, I can't, I can't work with everybody that wants to work with me um, for time in the day and, and the kind of partnership I give my clients. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of creating another, another avenue for people to still get that framework and, and get their healing going. Nice. That's beautiful. Well, that's exciting. And that, and that, and the program's going to be on your website, right? Yes. Yeah. You can find everything on the website. Wonderful. Well, this was such a pleasure talking to you, Julie. I love your energy. I love what, the work that you do. This is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I genuinely love your pod, like what you're doing with your podcast and how you're spreading love and opening hearts all over the place. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, sending you lots of love. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.